Uh, got a lot to discuss with you, including uh, vaccines, new stories on vaccine. Ooh, a lot of you guys ready to, to talk here. The number, of course, is 984-237-3739. Uh, I've got a bunch of other COVID news, but I want to get to our very special guests uh, without further delay. And that is, of course, the Kreischers. I've got Bert Kreischer, Leanne Kreischer. Our laws, as it pertains to substances, are draconian and bizarre. The psychopaths start this way. He was an alcoholic because of social media and pornography, PTSD, love addiction, fentanyl and heroin. Ridiculous. I'm a, I'm a doctor for <laughs> sake. Where the hell do you think I learned that? I'm just saying. You go to treatment before you kill people. I am a clinician. I observe things about these chemicals. Let's just deal with what's real. We used to get these calls on Loveline all the time. Educate adolescents and to prevent and to treat. If you have trouble, you can't stop and you want to help stop it. I can help. I got a lot to say. I got a lot more to say. The And, and I'll, I'll state for the record, the true star of the cabin, Leanne Kreischer. <laughs> Ah, no. No, yes. Oh, oh, yes. Susan, did those words come out of my mouth while we were watching it? Yeah, it came out of my mouth. I know Bert's good. I know. I understand who Bert is. I know he's popular. But uh, Leanne came flying through, Bert, on this one. Oh, thank you. That's like that's like that's like uh, Columbus getting to to the free world and saying uh, the guy that went, "Hey, Columbus, I see land." He discovered America. <laughs> That's actually a really great analogy. And by the way, I'm sitting on gold over here, Drew. I pull this out and I do a joke about a penis pump. Now, anyone who knows what this is knows exactly what this is. Yeah. Leanne goes, it's for serious filmmakers only. I said, what? <laughs> she goes, it's how you clean the lens, babe. You clean the lens, right? I go, no, it's how you pump up a fucking basketball. Yeah, basketball, okay. computer. Yeah, yeah, you lift it. You stick it in the basketball and you pump it. You do not. I swear to God. And she's like, is it really a penis pump? Is it really a penis pump? You put it in your urethra and squeeze. Well, I, I now know I now know what my next appearance is going to be on your podcast. I'm going to bring some of that equipment in. I actually have access to to the, the actual devices that you insert in people's penises to let them inflate as a demonstration oh unit. Yeah, yeah. They're quite fun. Yeah, and that's why he was saying he has a friend that there was a great one of the hardest I've ever laughed on Saint Elmo's Saint Elm Saint Elsewhere Saint Elsewhere yeah Saint Elsewhere Howie Mandel yeah. uh, was had a erectile problems and they put it in a pump and he said the guy next to him was depressed and he said I want to see how I'm going to take this thing out for a spin so he starts pumping and pumping and pumping pumping and he's like wow that's big and the curtains closed. And the guy's depressed listening, popping and popping, pumping, 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 pumping. He's like, oh, my God, how big does this thing get? And then he took his, then you hear a big pop. And the guy goes, oh, my God, oh. opens the door. And Howie Mandel had a, a brown bag. Oh, and it no. It. Oh, my God. Wow. And you remember that from 1983. It's right? funny the things you remember that stick in your head. You never forget. Mark Hamill got AIDS on that. Not Mark Hamill. Uh, who's the guy? Good looking guy. Got AIDS uh. on it. Uh, Mark oh no! Yeah, um, a, a George Clooney was he in this? No, no he no, was no, in no, ER. He was in guy. ER. The good-looking guy that's on NCSI now, Mark. Something. Mark Harmon. Mark Harmon got AIDS. I remember he got AIDS. He was like, "I gotta cut." This is back when no one really knew what AIDS were. He's like, "I gotta cut him because won't heal." And they're like, "You have full-blown AIDS." <laughs> can, can I tell you a Mark Harmon story? Uh, he and yeah. I used to hang out. We were our ages were off, so we weren't friends. But we used to hang out at the same beach, and he lifeguarded at that beach. And the next summer, I lifeguarded at that beach. And when I was thirteen, he was like 
16 or something. We were throwing a football around. He goes, yeah, I'm going to quarterback at UCLA. We're like, ah, <laughs> you got to be kidding. <laughs> quarterback at UCLA. That's where he's he was. He's a gorgeous man. He's a gorgeous <laughs> man. Not as good looking as Rob Lowe and not as dangerous. Leanne always used to say, there's a difference between Tom Selleck and Harrison Ford. One of them <laughs> makes you feel dangerous. And one of them goes, you go, I could watch him every week, you know? Be- because he's Because he's not threatening. He's not threatening. You know, Tom Selleck tried to be Han Solo, but they were just like, he's not dangerous enough. Right. There's no fear. There's no what, recklessness. What do you, what do you that's why I live my, my life reckless, Drew. Okay? I, I, I know that, Bert. Tom, I, is, Tom is Tom Selleck, and I am Harrison Ford. I, I get it. You're reckless. I get it. Although you've been less reckless in recent years. Thank God Leanne has kind of had that influence on you. But speaking yeah. of living recklessly, I came and did a house call on you, right? Grab that. Yes? Grab what? Yeah, 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 yeah. And was there, and there was a video taken. Did it ever get put up? I hope not. Uh, okay. And, and the recommendation of that visit was a CPAP machine that we were supposed to, oh, is this it? This is the face guard they gave me. Oh my God, I'm the so The lady happy. from your office has been calling to yes. schedule. Yes. And I'm with him when she calls. Yes. And he goes, color back, color back, color back, color back. I guess too so much he's avoiding... He's avoiding scheduling the appointment. You'll you'll lose weight more easily, and you'll feel so much better. And damn, will you be cool looking at night? <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. That it's is a, not sexy. It's at very all. sexy for your for your spouse. She's into it. So, oh my god, <laughs> what did you expect, Leanne? So I, we couldn't really do the nasal unit for him, but we can if he really doesn't like this. But this is what he needs. No, this is no, what yeah. I'm just gonna lose weight. Did you I'm see? Gonna it? Lose weight. Oh, Susan, wait for the day I, when I need. I'm watching. I'm on it. Oh, she's get. She gets it a few seconds later. She just started going. Oh my god! <laughs> she's watching. A, it's aggressive. It's pretty intense. It it is. For, it but but cool. even if you did it, just like do it when you're on the road or something. You know what I mean? So you're not bothering Leanne with it because it really will make you feel. It's a big deal. It's not. It's not a minor issue. You know. Yeah, I just want to pay for the machine and buy the machine and try the machine. Yeah. I don't want to do I don't want to deal with the freaking all the other stuff makes me. You know what it is? It's just like uh like I have a crown that needs to be uh, have a temporary on it. I just like part of me starts going like, yeah, but what if I die within the next 2 years? Is it worth it? <laughs> like that doesn't even make sense. Maybe if you I'll die, die of something related to the phenomenon that we could have prevented with this thing. Yes, it does it does matter. Yeah. You understand? What what is all that fatalism? People, about? I wonder how many people. What I wonder is how many that? people got? What's that? All that fatalism. You're all like, ah, if I die, whatever. Oh, oh, oh no, no. Oh, shut up. At our house, we call it catastrophe thinking. Yeah, yeah. He's definitely Everything got that. Everything is a catastrophe. Like yesterday, I came home, and he was just morose. And I said, "What's going on? What's wrong?" And he goes, "I have a cardiology appointment, and I just don't have time to go." I said, "So, so reschedule it." Yeah, but then I have to, I, I mean, when am I going to do it? I was like, do it in December when you're offshore. It's one phone call. One one phone call. I made the phone call. They were very cool today. And he was like, oh, well, I feel better. It's just one phone and call. And then she said yeah. to me, she goes, have yeah. you have you gotten your CT scan yet? And I went, no. She goes, well, yeah, you definitely need to move it because we want you to get a CT scan before you get in to see the doctor. Good. And I was like, okay, well, that's great. Now and I feel you, better You know what that's it. all about, right? It's my second one. I had 0% blockage. Good. Good. It's not about blockage. So, it's about calcium score, which is a correlate of possible blockage. 
So good. Me yeah. too. I had zero point zero. That's a great sign. That's a great sign. But but you can Last still get that was, that was four years ago. You can get that's good. You got to do them every few years. But you also can get weird muscle problems again from all that sleep apnea. I mean, Leanne said when I came and did your house call, Leanne said that the walls shake sometimes. You're snoring. I snore pretty aggressively. So snoring yeah, is so loud that the walls move. Yes. Yeah. They kind of suck in and out with his breathing. <laughs> 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 let's see Pat Machine take care of that you'll just hear a all night long uh, so let's talk about the cabinets before we go to phone calls let's just do a little bit of uh, promotion What if people haven't seen it yet what are they going to find it is um, I think it's fucking awesome I, I'm never good at promoting my own stuff but I will tell you the things I'm proud of I can promote I think Two Bears One Cave is an amazing podcast yep. I think the cabinet is the best thing I've ever done it's the thing that's most captured me and my relationship with my friends and what I find humor to be. And it's me, Tom Segura, Joey Diaz, Nikki Glazer, Caitlyn Jenner, um, Bobby Lee, Donnell Rollins, Fortune Feimster, uh, Big J Oakerson, Anthony Anderson, Dion Cole, Miss Pat, J Kaylee Cuoco, and Joel McHale. And basically, the whole thing is, and it, this is what's great about me, is it's about going to the woods and trying to get your life right, get your head right, get your body right, get your mind right. And I am such a quick fix dude that all of these are things that I would definitely try. Sound bath, I would definitely do that. If you told me that would help take rid of my anxiety, I'd have bowls all over my balls. I'd have them <laughs> everywhere. If you if you told me I put a crystal in my pocket and it would lower my blood pressure, blood pressure, I'd be I'd have pockets full of crystals. Are, are you? So have you ever been, have you ever been hypnotized? No, I'll do it. Yeah, I'm mean, I was just thinking that all that suggestibility, you might be really easy to hypnotize. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I, I'm going to get a ton of hypnotism and be like, oh, why does my mouth taste like cum? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> we we thought we we didn't see Kaylee Cuoco, so we've not seen every episode. We missed one. What what happens in that episode? Oh, that's the one everyone's talking about. What? Uh, yeah, that's the one that got the most press that every question has been about. Uh -oh. That's number four. Number four. And okay. it, Miss Pat, you know Miss Pat, right? Yeah. Miss Pat yeah. Uh, basically drinks whiskey for the first time in a while. And just opens up to Kaylee about how she doesn't think Big Bang Theory is funny and <laughs> thinks it's funny. And she doesn't understand why she would ever get paid a million dollars because she can't believe anyone watches it. And Kaylee's just like, what? I mean, there was so much we edited out of that episode because Pat just got real. At one point, she said something about Michael Vick and Kaylee is a big PETA person. Uh -oh. And Miss Pat is... Uh, is <laughs> black from Atlanta. And if you look, I mean, look, I'm not getting into this. This is a bad place for a white man to put his fucking neck. Yeah. But I will just say we edited a ton out of that video, uh, out of that, out of that, that was just, I mean, it was like Pat talking about having kids and how Kaylee needs to have kids as her uterus is running out. Like, I mean, it's just, <laughs> no. it was just a, but here's the thing is that I will say this, Tori, you know, having a, a an, enough black friends and Miss Pat being one of them is it was just a cultural miscommunication. It wasn't, Pat was never trying to be mean. She was trying to be respectful by being honest. And, and I, and I just don't think that Kaylee probably has a lot of, I'm guessing, I'm just guessing. And I don't, I'm not saying that's not, it's not possible, but I'm assuming Kaylee doesn't have a lot of people in her, on her team that got pregnant at 13. Right. Right. And her nipple got shot off in a drug deal. Right. And shot their husband one time. And used to cover themselves with butter so they didn't get stretched. Like I'm just saying, like yeah. Pat's a unique individual. Yeah. And so that's not that's not Kaylee's life experience. 
Yeah, and no. so it was a great episode. It was, it was. We lost Kaylee halfway through the day shooting, but it was a great episode. <laughs> and how did the two of them leave things? Uh, the, out the front door, Drew. <laughs> Kaylee walked out the front door, and that was the last we saw Kaylee. <laughs> wow. And how are you and Caitlin doing these days? I haven't, I haven't talked to her. It was that's the other episode everyone talks about is that I got emotional on the episode and I did not plan on it at all. I did not yeah. think I would get emotional in the slightest, but my dad is not a, my dad's not a celebrity fucker at all. Like he doesn't care about that shit. And so he did not want me to do the episode. Cause he was like, buddy, you're going to mess up your pronouns. You're going to ruin your career. You're going to look like an asshole. You're going to, I'm telling you, man, these cancel culture people are serious. You just say the wrong thing to the wrong. You just stay away, stay away. Like, you know, like really being a protective father. Yeah. And then he was like, you don't understand who you're talking to. Like, you don't like, you need to have respect. Like there, there's like, there's a, a lot. She, she's a hero. She's an American hero and, and just going on and on. And then, and then I, my dad got an opportunity to talk to Caitlin and was, I heard it in my dad's voice. Like he's just talking track. They were just talking track. And my dad was so into the conversation and so got to be his youthful, young college athletic self. And then at the end he said, Caitlin, I really appreciate the opportunity to talk to you. You have no idea. You're my hero. And I just fucking fell out crying. And I was like, and so everyone, and those are the two episodes everyone talks about that. And Tom Segura hacking up an email with a chainsaw. (laughs) There was that. Uh, Susan didn't like that part. Uh, and, and, and your was your dad a track, a college track? Uh, Hardcore. It's the reason I run so much is that my dad was always into track and field. And so all these like fart licks and all these types of running exercises that you do that are fairly advanced, I mean, you know, for like people into track, I did growing up with my dad. And so that's why I enjoy running is in a weird way. It's like, I'm, I'm getting to this age, Drew, where I'm doing stuff for like direct approval of my father. Like, well, you, dir- but it's like, funny. You, you, I remember back when you had him on stage with you and he, mm-hmm. and, and he came off the stage sort of high, like, Whoa, man, I understand why you do yeah. this. Right. And that was, a, that seemed like a big moment for you. Yes. Sort of an yeah, acknowledgement yeah. of your, what you're doing. And since then you've been very explicit. Like everything I do is for approval from my dad. Now, certainly your dad must yeah. hear that. And what does he say? Uh, he's, I mean, he, you know, I can say we have a, we have a, semi-complicated relationship in in that and leanne can probably speak to this a little better than i could but like we get along fine we talk on the phone fine we can talk about golf we can talk about anything and bullshit on the phone and giggle he gives me great advice i I lean on his advice more than anything but when we get together there is a weird set like there's a weird feeling of me making him uncomfortable like you're too close you're too close you're too close no they're two opposite. He's a Brooks Brothers really no, I, tight. I get guy. that. I get that. But, but, but you'll be amazed how often the son is acting out the sort of subconscious dreams of the father. So I'm just saying. I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't. I don't know. Well, I, don't know. I, I remind him a lot of his dad, too. And his he lost his dad young. And I think he just sees my lifestyle as as a direct early path to a grave well and he just that I, that probably is true he, I, I by the way i share that concern many times with you no, my friend too. uh thank you for following all my directions i mean none of my directions so, <laughs> so, so uh yeah and so to me that's a that's about being too close where he's so worried he's you know he can't sort of contain himself because now when he was on the show was that scripted no 
Yeah. So I see, I see the affection from him. I see it. Uh, so maybe you don't feel it. My dad, my dad would never read a script, would never read a script and would never allow you to put words in his mouth about anything. He doesn't trust Hollywood. And he's an attorney just so we understand who his, how different he is. Yeah. Than, than yeah. Let me, let's take some calls. You guys ready for that? Oh, I can't fucking yeah. wait. All right, here we go. Uh, this is, uh, Ismael. Ishmael, is that you? Ishmael. Ishmael, what's yeah. going on, buddy? Hey, Drew, I'm sure you didn't watch uh, Tom Segura and Bert's podcast today, but Bert almost passed out from laughing today. So it was just a concern. I wasn't sure if you were aware if he did that or not. I, I It sounds like Bert. What happened, Bert? Yeah. I, had a, I had a chest infection that was pretty nasty, and it grew into just a nagging cough. Tested for coronavirus like five times during mm -hmm. this period. Yeah. And, um, and sometimes, and that's, I'm Ishmael. Thank you for calling. I have before coughed and passed out before, like in my in my life. Nearly passed when, out or really passed? No, no, no. Out. I passed out one time. Yeah, I passed out one time, and I've and I've had moments where I've laughed so hard or coughed, I've gotten to the place where I get dizzy. Yeah, and I'm like, oh my god, I almost passed out. Yeah, but I passed out one time a long time ago, and it's usually when I have these um chest infections these like nagging coughs where yeah. it's like a, like a like a persistent so what what you're doing is you're valsalving you're bearing down so hard that your pressure just drops and boom that's it yeah you swoon yeah i i've it's i i've had it i've had it during that cough i haven't the cough has now disappeared so good i don't have it anymore you still sound like you have some nasal congestion now no 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 i live with a cat because my wife's trying to kill me thank you for caring about me Ishmael. <laughs> this is nate what's up nate Hey, how's it going, Dr. Drew? It's good. What's going, happening? Mr. Mrs. Kreischer. The Kreischer's um, you know, are... I'm just hanging. Good. And? Can you hear me? We do. We got you. Well, I was... Oh, good. Well, hey, I just want to say one real quick thing. Um, I walked past Bert in L.A. a couple of years ago. He didn't actually smell like shit. He didn't smell good. He smelled really bad, but it wasn't like shit. So I just wanted to say that real quick. Thank you. Thank um, you for that. My question, my question is about... Uh, the CPAP stuff. I have a really bad snoring problem myself. Um, I've got a friend whose uncle had a surgery. I guess they like made an incision in his neck. And after a hotel stay, he was like, you need to get this surgery done. Um, <clears throat> I have not done a sleep study. I haven't actually researched a ton of stuff, but when I hear things like when I hear advertisements on the radio, they talk about how snoring can take 10 years off your life sleep apnea can take that yes. much time off your life. And Easy. I'm like, oh, is that an advertising thing or is that actually real? Oh, no, that's for real. In fact, the 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 phenomenon of sleep apnea, this is why I'm getting on bird about this so much, that, that there's the more data comes in, the more ancillary medical problems we understand now are related to the sleep apnea syndrome. That that constant, that pressure across your chest and you know pressing down on the abdomen and the transthoracic pressure really is unhealthy for your heart. It causes cardiomyopathy, causes accelerated heart disease, causes pulmonary hypertension, causes metabolic problems. Just get used to that thing, Bert. Get used to it. It loves you, man. Susan, take All a look right. at that. Yeah. I yeah. I think the rest, yeah, I think the rest <laughs> is showing like that. So oh my God. Oh, oh my God. How sexy. Put the thing right here, you can hear me better. <laughs> you could ride that thing. So did you know that CPAP I'm married to? Did you know CPAP spray kills coronavirus? CPAP, the cleaner. You know, for the like CPAP Clorox, machine. it's like, but it's safe. You can like eat it. You can use it on your face and it kills the coronavirus. So see, there's an upside. Did you, hey, did where's you get the rest of the machine, Drew? The what? 
Where's the rest of the machine? I want the thing that shoots the air. Le Leanne, that that should be my office. They didn't they didn't give you that. The air didn't. Well, come they asked us to come in. Yeah. And the three times she called me, I was with him to schedule uh, when to come in. I can't come in. Just no, I can't come in. I can't come in. I asked them to just send the machine. That you, it fits. Everything's fine. Okay. I just fitted him. He looks fine. It works. That's, that's as good as it's going to get. Trust me. And let's do yes. it. Let's do it. Send the machine. I'll do it. Yes. I yeah. swear to God, send the machine. I'll do it tonight. I'll drive over and pick up the machine tonight. I'll try it. If oh, it takes years off your life, I'm going to get another one and hook her to it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in a couple of years, I'm going to bang, bang. But I don't snore. A little so. peptide up the butt and then a little. <laughs> oh, yeah. How's the power of the peptides going? Did you take those? We haven't taken no. them yet because you scared the living shit out of me, Drew. I, I didn't scare the living shit out of you. I just didn't know what was in those those syringes. That's all. Just like to I know what's you, in I there. I sent you the stuff in them. I sent you the stuff in them, right? Oh, no. Nothing, it did not yeah, say. I did, yeah. We'll no, say, I did. I sent you no, the. No, it did not the, say anything about the contents. It didn't. I tell no, you. No, no, no. I actually sent three texts of what is in the contents. Wait a minute. Go to Bert, Leanne, and Drew. Yeah, I'm sure. Bert, Leanne. I'll, send, I'll, send it, I'll, I'll resend it to send it to oh, the top yeah. of your email. Yeah. You said, you said pretty sure this is what's in it. <laughs> so no, so that is. is not what's in it. In my, I, I, no, it I, is, it is what it, I think I'm the is, one. Look, I, I, I speculate. Oh, this other one I don't know anything about. This CJC 1295. Yeah. And what's the TB500? Wikipedia of them, too. I mean, what is in here, for God's sakes? Well, who knows? I mean, I. Again, I, I, I understand. I'm, I'm a fan of these peptides and things. I, I understand that it's a new area of rep soft tissue reparation, and it's good. Uh, but, you know, I, I took this one that you put in the text. Uh, I got diarrhea so bad I couldn't sleep for three days. So, oh, my God, for three days? And, wow. that's, and that's one of the reasons they do try to bypass the GI tract with the injectables and stuff because some people say, oh, yeah, you can't – Lo and behold, you can get that. Brian, you have a question for Bert. Yeah, Brian. hi. Yeah. Uh, how bad did that emu smell? It was horrible. It was horrible. I think Tom cut into the, the internal intestines. And so it just reeked, reeked. And then the guy came up sweets and was like, you really fucked this thing up. And Tom's like, yeah, but we can do a leg, right? <laughs> and so then we cut the leg off and just barbecued the leg it was pretty good somebody prepped that leg though it looked like like, like oh yeah no sweets did. sweets did. yeah sweets did yeah okay because i was looking at like that was my favorite part of the show me and me tom and joey laughed so hard he goes i said sweets that's an interesting nickname how did you get it now if you haven't watched the show sweets was a, probably about 450 pounds 500 pounds and i go sweets how'd you get the name and he goes i'm sweet on the ladies and joey goes are you sure you're not pre-diabetic? <laughs> Only like Joey can say, and they didn't put it in the show because it was oh, a little mean. And I apologize, sweet. Oh my god, jo Joey was very funny in, in the little fireside chat with you guys. He's always funny. Yeah. Hey, great intestines question to parallel here. Mm, yeah. Hey, Drew. Yeah. So say I, I got into a car accident, not a car accident, but like a. They were going like 40 miles an hour, but there were little bumper cars that you drive, like little go-karts. Mm -hmm. And uh, maybe not 40, maybe like 30 miles an hour. Who knows? Anyway, I got hit in the side, and I, and I kind of jocked like my ribs and stuff, and everything was tender for a while. Yeah. It's not tender anymore, but I was wondering, is it possible to 
bruise your intestines? Because I also wasn't shitting. And now I'm shitting about five times a day. You don't bruise. I mean, you can do, you can cause internal bleeding and bruising, but not from a little jab like that. I mean, that's a more serious yeah. thing. Uh, and, you know, liver and spleen usually bleeds before intestinal walls, you know what I mean? Because it's sort of okay. floating around in there. But you can uh, cause hernias in the abdominal wall, and the hernias can get caught in that, in the bowel can get caught in that hernia, and that can change your bowel habit. That's not what's going on. His amount of pizza eaten is the problem. Uh. Total amount of cheese and pizza eaten is the problem. Pizza eaten. Would that be right? Yeah. Yeah, total amount of pizza eaten. Yeah. Is, uh, my diet might have affected it. Maybe, I had maybe I had three Tony Paco's hot dogs in forty five seconds. See? See, yeah, and I had pain over here. Probably no greenery, no salad, no kale. That is not. That is not the. That's not the bumper car, my friend. <laughs> it's the, a real head scratcher, Drew. I have a question. <laughs> well, I've been eating four pizzas of pizza a night. I can't shit. I can't figure it out. I don't know. Wow, dude! I I predict a time when Tom becomes like a like a like an obsessive uh, health nut eater. You know what I mean? Once he gets his head Who? around something, watch out. That could Who? happen to you, my friend. Oh, me, me! Yeah. I thought you said Tom. I was like, that will never happen to Tom. Oh Trump. no, that won't happen to Tom. I meant you. If I said Tom, I meant Bert. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I become obsessive compulsive and become hypogymnastic and almost obsessive with eating. Yeah, I can definitely lean into anorexia. Yeah, easily. Yeah. What is hypogymnastic? It's a thing I made up. <laughs> he, he like <laughs> he just gets excessive. He gets excessive. Yeah. Is it backflip properly? Hypogymnastic. It sounds like a real world word, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> Uh, so a couple questions on the chat here. Does Bert walk around in his backyard naked? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, As a matter of fact, yeah. hardcore today. This morning he came out of his bedroom and Isla came out of her room last night and slept on the couch because she went to sleep with the dog. And I just woke her up and I was like, warning, dad is totally naked. And so he was walking. Yep. Walk get right in the pool, get the in the pool. pool, swim two laps underwater, hold my breath, get in the outdoor shower, a little shampoo to the face and the head, yeah. do my pits and balls. Yeah, yeah. And I am ready to fucking go. Bert, you make your own mayonnaise. Do I make my own mayonnaise? I don't know. No, hold on. We, a, I, I don't know if that's an in, a, a stupid joke or if they really mean it. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know the joke. I don't know, but it, we, I, we've made, we've, we've played around with, contaminated mayonnaise on the bus uh, and uh, on the floor bus but and we've got sick mud and homemade got yeah. it got it got it uh let's see what they're talking about here all right let's go back to the phone calls uh lots of questions for you guys uh oh my goodness uh oh my god <laughs> well they're 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 getting into it so i'm gonna start with an easier one uh, i think zach go ahead Hey there. Uh, yeah, hey, Drew. Uh, I have, I have a uh, friend, you know, and uh, he likes to fuck dogs. Uh, I'm wondering if there's any health concerns. I, Bert, you must have done something. So let Leanne answer this one. Yeah. Let no. Leanne answer this one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what would you say to someone who likes to fuck dogs, Leanne? That's not a good plan. Not, not a, a good, good plan. plan. How no. would you get someone to stop fucking dogs? How? I don't know. I mean, how would you get someone to start? That's crazy. Mm -hmm. Okay, now is when I tell Leanne this is an inside joke that she doesn't know about. Oh, oh, that's a stupid <laughs> thing. Oh, yes. I keep forgetting that you fuck dogs. <laughs> I forget. I forget. <laughs> How close are you to this friend? <laughs> oh, 
Oh, Tom Segura is going to see a clip of that and fall out of his fucking porch. I don't listen to your podcast. I'm not. Oh. I'm not. I'm not a jeans person. No, no. Not, our, our fans aren't jeans. They don't. Our our words aren't jeans. We fuck dogs and don't smell like shit. Oh, is that why the Two guy bears, said you smell like shit? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, okay. I don't watch the show. It's so much better than me being racist. Keep going. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So you got to watch Two Bears, One Cave to understand what's going on here. All right, but they're going uh, down an interesting path here. Rob, go ahead. Hey, Drew, Bert, Leanne, how you doing tonight? Hey, good evening. Good man. So a uh, question for you. So my wife and I have had an argument. So she is diagnosed with ulcerative colitis. Mm. And she asked me tonight, would I still have sex with her if she had a colostomy bag? And I hesitated to answer it, and she got all pissed off at me. So, Bert, my question is, if Leanne had a colostomy bag, would you still be able to have sex with her? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, yeah. Men, men, you know, would be a double amputee, and I'd still fuck her. <laughs> <laughs> actually, actually, I'd bug her a lot more. She's gonna have a hard time getting away from me. Come shut the door for me! around the bag put, put you off. I, no, listen. I don't give a fuck about that. I listen, <laughs> listen. I've already signed. My wife signed up for a relationship. She's gonna be wiping my ass one day. I am very cool fucking with a bag full of shit stuck to her stomach. Well, here's here's the deal. Also, the the you can you can essentially put a pad over it and it, it just it can lay kind of dormant at periods of time and you don't have to have a whole bag there. You don't have to look at all that. There's ways to sort of deal with the aesthetics of it. So Yeah, you ever seen those girls in porn that have like right. a little bit of belly and they always pull their top down to cover their stomach? Just have her do that. <laughs> oh, you go. Whoa, man, you're thinking. Woo! Uh, huh. Sexy lingerie. Yeah, we could have a whole line of. Uh, yeah, I, like that guy. I like that guy's question. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, we got more. Uh, here we go. Here's uh, Ryan. This is for Leanne, though. We're gonna switch it around. Switch it up. Ryan, go ahead. Hey, Leanne. I I was wondering. Um, with Bert's advent of wiping his ass with his own fingers, um, are you starting any rules of? you know, making him wash his hands or witnessing him wash his hands before he touches you or, you know, anything with marital love or things like that. That's not true. You do have to wash your hands before you touch. Me. No. Yeah. Yeah. I wash my hands. Listen, my problem is it's really, my problem really is if you wipe too much with toilet paper, you start getting an, a raw asshole. And if you wipe too much and then you have a raw asshole, you really have a hard time getting it clean down there. This is very painful. So when I'm on the road, so every now and then, yeah. Bidet or no wipe? I have a bidet at home. I use a bidet at home all the time. Today I use the outdoor hose just because I was <laughs> I was done showering and I was like, let's get it extra clean. I, I have no problem with that. But when I'm on tour on the bus, usually is where I do it because the sink is like right here. I just rinse one hand, take a cup, like literally a cup full of water, right? Take it up under, push it up and splash it, and then just kind of clean over there. It's like washing your asshole. It really is just washing your ass. But the question really is, do you wash your hands after? Yes, that? I wash my hands after. I definitely wash my hands. After there's shit in my fingernails, I definitely am washing oh, my hands. That's disgusting. You know what? No, we have a bidet. So I have a bidet. So I'm I'm like, by the way, I'm so into this. And I'm not even joking. I was thinking of making a, like a, a travel bidet, like an attachment you put onto a water bottle. Yeah. So you could just squeeze and then bidet yourself on the road. They, they, call, this thing. they call that an en they call that an enema. 
Uh, Drew, giving myself plenty of enemas. I'm I was saying. into enema on the road. So uh, between the CPAP mask and this, all the shit talk, women are into that bird. That is you. You're. <laughs> hey, I just need one woman to be into it, Drew. A woman that needs a mortgage paid and a car payment paid. As long as she's into it. Cheers. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Dylan, go ahead. Oh, wait, we just lost him. So somebody dropped off just as I was getting him up here. Uh, but I have another one. Uh, uh, hmm. Oh, my goodness. People are dropping off here and there. Uh, okay. Oh, is it the uh, it might, we're just sort of is kind of weirdly jockeying around. Jay, go ahead. Uh, first, I wanted to say, Bert, flying dildos is my favorite story because I accidentally ended up at the Anne Frank house on acid. Uh, so I relate to that. Um, wanted to know your uh, favorite part of the cabin that didn't make the cut. Oh, 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 I know what it is. Um, it was a seance but with me, Bobby Lee, and Donnell Rollins. And the whole seance, the woman was just saying very stereotypical things to them about their fathers. <laughs> and we couldn't stop laughing because she's like, Bobby, let me guess. It's She was like pretending to talk to his dad. She's like, Bobby, your father cared a lot about grades. And Bobby's like, <laughs> all of these dads care a lot about grades. He, was, he struggled with the English language. And we're like, yeah. And then she goes to Donnell. She goes, Donnell, I'm assuming your father was away somewhere for a while. Oh, he's like, in prison. How are you? Looking at the profile of him? We could not stop laughing, and it didn't make the show. Oh, my God. That's funny. And also, the uh, some of the Kaylee Cuoco stuff, I guess, didn't make it either. Well, a lot of the Kaylee Cuoco stuff didn't make it. Was, at she, all. Actually, but, was yeah. she actually a friend of yours, Kaylee? No, no, she just uh, was cool. She was said she'd do it. I think she was friends with one of the producers. Oh, got it. I did. Um, Conan with her one time. She seemed very nice, like remarkably she's sort sweet. of. She's awesome. Yeah. She's a really awesome person. And by yeah. the way, when the cameras weren't rolling, her and Pat got along really well. It was just as soon as the cameras were rolling, it just seemed like the conversation went sideways always. Right. <laughs> All right. Here we go. We're going to get near a sort of a machine story here. I think this is Steven. Steven. Hi. Hello. Hey, buddy. Hi, uh, this is uh, going out to uh, Bert. Um, back when you were in the University of Florida, I'm, I'm assuming, you uh, you were voted by like the Rolling Stone magazine, like the world's biggest party or something like that. Uh, do you still live up to that uh, title? Maybe we need to revisit that history a little bit because it, it was a little more complicated, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, I mean, people, uh, I mean, you're, you're, you've sort of, you've sort of transcended all that history you know what i mean and i don't think a lot of people a lot of people your fans probably don't even know that history anymore yes yeah, so for those of you wondering what we're talking about I, in 1997 rolling stone Rag magazine wrote a six and a half page article about me calling me the number one party animal in the country but, but hang on they, and, but, they, but they didn't start out to do that right they started out to talk right, about they, yeah go ahead they wanted to write an article about florida state yeah. and it was just too broad a subject and so at the last minute i was their liaison like they're they're chaperone taking them around the campus right not like sanctioned by the school just by rolling stone found me i was taking a bong hit at the time <laughs> when i answered the phone and they were like this is too fucking good to be true <laughs> and so then they followed me around for for like a week and and then at the last minute 
they just decided to change the direction of the article and make it about me. They're like, let's just make it about this kid. And it changed my life. Here's the thing is I was, I'm always been a big partier, but I'm not like a partier the way other there's parts of my partying that people don't understand. Like I, I, I can let the party go away. I can go to bed. I I don't do tons of drugs and I wasn't very promiscuous at at all. Like, so like whatever I think people thought partying was, I was just very loud. And the personality that I am on stage and I'm on podcasts and I am in, in how you know me now was what I was doing in college. And so, but I think also I got tethered to drinking because I also loved, I loved the way that drinking dropped everyone's inhibitions and made impulse a little more accessible mm-hmm. for everyone. Mm-hmm. And so I, and so that is my attachment to drinking. I think as, as I've gotten older, I think there's more of a, more of a attachment with, I don't know, who knows why. I drink as much as I do. I've drank less now than I ever have, but well, it's still way more. Now there, it's attached to anxiety and panic and phobias too, right? I think I think sometimes it's definitely attached to anxiety. Stop, Leanne. I can't. I'm not even looking at you. <laughs> but yes, anxiety is anxiety is one of the reasons yeah. I drink now. And uh, catastrophe yeah. thinking. Yeah, yeah. It's, but it's, it's, hard. it's the obsessive thinking, the anxiety. OCD and anxiety go together in some cases, and, and you're definitely. Yeah. Definitely one of those oh, guys. I definitely have. I didn't know I had OCD until much yeah. later in life. I didn't yeah. realize I had anxiety until much later in life. So, so then you got that Travel Channel show, right? Yep. And then you came on my radio show to promote the Travel Channel TV show, right? Yeah. Yeah, and then and then that's when someone from my class called and said, "Hey, why don't you tell about the time you robbed a train in Russia?" And I was like, "Oh shit!" And Drew was sitting there like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> I said, yeah, that's probably the most genuine telling of the version of the story that I have because it was just based off memory of like, these are the simple facts that I'm telling you is how I met them, how I got into Russia. Those are all still in the story. The story's better now, but it's just that. And I told it that night and we, it was, it did really well. We were dying. And then you said, come back tomorrow and tell it again. (laughs) Yes. I made you go. It was, it was, it was sort of like. I, I reacted to it. I re, I don't know how else to say this. The way when I watched the movie Borat, not that you were you were Borat, but it was sort of in territory I'd never seen or heard before that I thought was hysterical, uh, and yeah. so I wanted more people to hear it. And then that kind of became the source of your stand, starting your stand up, didn't it? Well, my stand up, my stand up, I think at the time was very derivative, not that original, and it was based off of wanting acceptance out of Hollywood. So it was based. It was what we were all doing at the time. It's like a ripoff of Dane Cook, ultimately, our own version of that guy. And then I told that story, and I remember everyone wanted to hear it on stage, and I said no. <laughs> and then when I told the story on Rogan, he was like, this needs to be told on stage. And then next weekend, I was in Columbus, Ohio. These kids, like, ha- This is right when podcast is taking off. And these kids were in the crowd, and, and he, Rogan had said, chant out the machine until he tells it. Make him tell it on stage. <laughs> and these kids were like, tell it, tell it. And I was like, guys, Seriously, I can't. And this kid in the front row, I telling you, you get one of these in your life, one of these. This kid in the front row, very vulnerable. I I, I ended up knowing the kid. He goes, Bert, tell it. We understand it won't be funny, but you need to tell it for it to get good. And he was like, we'll fake laugh. Like, come on, guys, right? And everyone's like, come on, Bert, you can tell it. You can tell it. And I was like, holy, this is the craziness of the podcasting community back in the day. I was like, all right. And I told it and it sucked. Yeah. And then the next year, the same thing happened, and I told it, and it sucked. And I told it for four years where it was, like, mediocre. And then one night, it shifted. I figured out the end of the story. Once I figured out the end of the story, 
it was everything. It was game over. I could figure I could get, I, I, it was, it was night and day. You could build to it. You guys have to yeah. take a little break here. We've got lots of calls for you guys. So I'm going to go back to the phones, but uh, we'll take a quick break and be right back. As we're gradually moving back to opening schools and businesses and, of course, our in-person interactions, I want to remind you, this is all time with cold and flu season getting going. Staying hydrated is key to helping your body deal with the added stress and with the upcoming flu season. My regular fans have heard me talk about a product called Hydrite for a long time now. It's an amazing rapid rehydration drink. It's a mix that, well, we're obsessed with here. I'm excited to announce they've just released Hydrolyte Plus Immunity, just in time for cold and flu season. Hydrolyte Plus Immunity starts with their fast-absorbing electrolytes and adds a host of immune-boosting ingredients. Each single-serve, easy-pour drink mix contains 1,000 milligrams of vitamin C and 300 milligrams of elderberry extract, creates what is hopefully immune-boosting formula that's high in antioxidants and zinc. Combining this with Hydrolyte's seven key electrolytes, it's a fantastic way to stay proactive and properly hydrated. Hydrolyte Plus Immunity comes in convenient, easy-to-pour powder sticks that rapidly dissolve in water and make a great-tasting drink that has 75% less sugar than your typical sports drink. It uses all natural flavors, and it is gluten-free, dairy-free, caffeine-free, non-GMO, and it is vegan. And you can find Hydrolyte Plus by visiting hydrolyte.com slash Dr. Drew. Again, that's H-Y-D-R-A-L-Y-T-E dot com slash D-R-D-R-W. And be sure to use our code Dr. Drew 25 at checkout for a special discount. The World Health Organization estimates that each year, approximately 1 million people take their own life. That's one death every 40 seconds. Experts predicted numbers would peak in 2020, but no one could have imagined the devastation brought on by COVID-19. During the coronavirus pandemic, we may experience anxiety, sadness, and loneliness. Existing mental health conditions, including severe anxiety and major depression, may worsen. If you're feeling hopeless, contemplating self-harm, or you're concerned about someone else, I'm here to tell you there is hope. A Mission for Michael is dedicated to helping clients achieve complete inner and outer transformation. Mission for Michael is the premier resource for intensive mental health treatment in Southern California. With an astonishing two-to-one client-to-staff ratio, each client in their facility receives individual care 24 hours a day, overseen by a team of all-doctorate or master's-level clinicians. With a focus on evidence-based treatment, along with personalized and compassionate care, they offer mental health treatment that can change lives. If you're suffering from mental illness or you're concerned about a loved one, go to amfmtreatment.com. Again, that's a mission for Michael, AMFM, amfmtreatment.com, or call 866-581-4401. Again, that is 866-581-4401. There we go. We're back. Uh, can we we, go. I, I want to, we've had a lot of technical stuff hey, going on here. On I, I want to, uh, the ghost is in the machine, Leanne. I, in the break, I said, ask him what happened if they still have a ghost in their house and then the ad stopped playing. So there you go, Drew. It's a sign. Uh, that's a sign. It's guaranteed that's what happened. Um, I just want to say that the the one that froze is my favorite hydration product called Hydrolyte. I'm a big fan of those guys. Uh, hey, happy. by the way, I'm, I'm, I got Hydrolyte because you, that's the one with the salts in it, right? Yep. yep. And listen, did you get your, I, I colon did you get your colonoscopy done? You did that, didn't you? No, not yet. Ugh. Dude, I, but when you when you do the when you do the you cause so much anxiety in my life. I, I, I'm going to resolve all that anxiety. But when you take the prep for the colonoscopy, the hydrolyte is like changes the whole experience. Um, but it's like a thousand milligrams of salt in it, right? There's a lot of salt. But why? Why? Because I have to go get one. Because you, you'll the all the 
diarrhea-inducing medication or substances you take to flush out can really make you feel dehydrated. I used to get horrible headaches and fatigue and stuff. Mm. It makes for just, it just felt terrible. But here we How go. How old are you when you get your first colonoscopy? Fifty. Every five to I'm not ten 50 years. Yet, Drew. The, yeah, but I, there was some reason you were having some blood or something, and I was like, we got to get this. Done. No, 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 no. We're good. We're good. We're good. God damn it! You make me want to drink. You. Were, <laughs> you there's something going on that. All right, l- listen. Here's here's a easy a light uh, softball question. Wait, here we are. Uh, here we are. This is from uh, Chase. Chase, go ahead, buddy. Yeah, hello, Dr. Drew. From uh, your mom's house fans, I want to say congratulations on your successful marriage. And then for Bert, um, I wanted to ask, what has been your favorite part of the Hot Summer Nights tour so far? Hmm. <laughs> I think this is Chase Lepard. <laughs> is that true? It is. Um, yep, it is. I, it, working with you this weekend, Chase, that was the best. Um, I, I honestly, I've had so many so many beautiful memories on this tour this is we've done now i think four legs of it and uh and my number one i mean getting not my my favorite memory is that no one's gotten sick that's the number one thing is that we've done four successful tours none of us have ever even remotely gotten close to covid knock on wood i'm very grateful for that we're very safe but man the sunsets are the amazing the most amazing part the sunsets of it before every show have been absolutely beautiful. Thunderstorms in the Midwest just coming out of nowhere and, and in a hot night where it's just like 20 miles off, but it's lighting up the sky. Mm. There have been some really gorgeous. Seeing this country, this country is fucking awesome. Yeah. And I've seen it four times. I've been across this country four times this summer in a pandemic. Nice. And I've been very, very, very lucky. Very lucky. Well, I have, I have an answer to that too because uh. I get all of emails from his website. And I, my favorite part of this tour is so many people emailing saying, I felt normal just for that time. I felt really normal. Oh, the, away the from the pandemic. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. I get that because yeah. normalcy, restoring normalcy is much more important than people realize, especially for the kids. Yes. Um, yes. But I, I got a little anxious watching you in that tornado. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was scary. Yeah, that was, that was absolutely terrifying. That yeah. was absolutely terrifying. And there's been... Moments like that, like we was once when we were on stage and they were like, hey, lightning's within like a mile of the venue. And you're like, huh? Like there's, it's been very, very unpredictable, you know, weather wise, but we've been really lucky. We only had to cancel one show for this whole tour. And Lisa, you've got a question. Yeah, I do. Hey, Bert and Leanne, big fans of both of your podcasts. Um, I loved the cabin and I was wondering, are we ever going to see the Chris D'Elia cabin footage? <laughs> what? Uh, fill us in you're good, you're good. fill us in uh, I'm supposed to say something right now no we decided to go another direction or, <laughs> I, don't know, I, forget. I forget what I'm supposed to say no 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 you know, that, that, that will not be seen and Whitney was there with him is that true <laughs> okay i'll leave it i'm totally getting in trouble now right. i don't know i'm i i played football in high school and i have some cte issues okay so i'm not sure i can okay. remember chronic traumatic and stuff a lot maybe that's all that anxiety is coming from uh brian go ahead hey bert if fat astronauts takes off 
and Elon Musk were to ask you if you wanted to go to space, would you, and would you take Nadav with you? <laughs> then it'll be fat uh, astronauts. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Like I fucking, I would, if, I remember one time I was drunk and I was at a party and some guys, the producer came up to me and was like, Hey man, just so you know, we have the first rights to send someone up in space. And me and my brother think it should be you. And I was like, I remember, remember I came home and I was like, I'm going to space. Like, I'm definitely going to space. Like, I'm going to space. I'm going to have to sober up and get clean and be, because I'm sure that's like things you need to do. But yeah. I am definitely going to space. Yeah. If Elon Musk becomes a fan of fat astronauts and is like, hey, I can just make that movie. You guys want to just go a little bit out of orbit? We can just shoot all the scenes up there. We would do that in a second. What I hear Tom, Tom Cruise is going to the space station to film uh, Mission Impossible. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Put me on there too. We'll, we'll get in some B-roll shots for me and Tommy's Tom, movie. Tom, uh, what's his name? Cruise. Yeah, Cruise. the the uh, Mission Impossible actor, yeah. Tom Cruise. Yeah. Um, okay, here we go. This is uh, yeah. It sounded weird for a second. It's been. Uh, this is Grace. Hey, Grace, go ahead. Hi, Bert. Um, I was wondering when you first started stand-up comedy, how did you get over the anxiety or just kind of overall embarrassment of it? If you could give me some advice on how to kind of jump start yeah, that. I'll, I'll tell you, I, um, the, the anxiety, the day of the show was, was almost like, uh, like crippling. And I, I did a few things, a few tricks. Number one, I didn't drink. That was the number one thing is I didn't go to the bottle and drink before a show. And I've talked about that a lot. And that, that I think saved my career. I would do stupid things like I went to the Boston Comedy Club during the day one time and got in there and hung out on the stage and just walked on the stage and stayed on the stage. And I remember thinking if they would let me sleep on the stage, I think I'd be more comfortable. Like, but it was all like it's all stupid, quick fix things of like I'd say a prayer every time I got on stage. Um, I wore women's underwear for like the first three times. So I thought that would make me not, like distract me. And then ultimately, ultimately, it is. It's just like anything. You got to do the hard work and uh, and and get on stage enough. And and I still get nervous to go on some stages. Like when we went and did the Rose Bowl, I was nervous because I had to follow Tom. And then uh, and then and then when we like just recently, I got nervous going on stage too because it's you. Sometimes you just never know. You're like the first time we did the Hot Summer Night Store to drive in, I was terrified. I was terrified. I was like, this is gonna be a one hour shit show yeah. and it wasn't i was shocked yeah it's but, hard you know, it's it, 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 it's people don't under, appreciate how much the layout of the audience the kind of room the was there a proscenium or not what's the sound lighting all that makes a difference in how the audience responds it's weird it's uncanny almost to me how much that is important and you also got to realize, right. Grace, that the energy that you have inside you, that nervous energy is positive energy. That's kinetic energy. That's or potential energy that's inside you that the audience will then receive. And so that is good energy. And don't, don't squash it out with weed or beta blockers or Xanax. Let it be there. Let it be real. And you'll, you'll find that your strengths will come out of that anxiety, that your strengths will show up and be like, wow, I can think quick on my feet or I can write a joke quick up here because it's a fight or flight. And, and Bert, I, and you correct me if I'm wrong, but all, you know, been interviewing lots of comedians over the years, most of them say, first of all, get up there and do it. And, and most of them yep. advise getting your ass kicked a ton, like failing a bunch of times. It's important. I failed so many times and those yeah. failures teach you so much more. There you I go. remember I brought a guitar on stage, that yeah. guitar right there. And I put it on stage with me and, 
I remember thinking I'll be a guitar comic and all anyone did was stare at the guitar the whole time. And they were like, when are you going to play that thing? Cause this sucks. And we're ready for that thing. And I've never brought a guitar with me on stage ever again. <laughs> uh, I don't see you as like a Bob Saget type. Uh, Elijah. Hey, Hey, uh, Bert. I was yes. just wondering during these, uh, hard political times being on the younger side of your uh, viewer base. Yeah. What should I expect? Because I've seen nothing but chaos and infighting and cannibalism. And it's just very hard to like keep track. You, you mean, how, how do you, how do you manage your life looking forward? Is that what you mean? Yeah. Like yeah. How, how do I? Yeah. I get like, it. All right. Wisdom from Bert Kreischer. Here you go. Good. What are you going to tell your Fuck. kids? Yeah. Fuck. No, I, uh, I, I'm, I mean, if you get too close to the fire, I think you start losing your mind. Yeah. I think a, a healthy dissonance and distance and, and respect. I, I'm, you know, I was just saying this to someone, my dad never let me have an opinion growing up. Like whatever my opinion was, my dad would take the opposite hmm. and then, and then tell me I had to figure out why I was wrong. Hmm. It was like, it was really weird thing but i a i learned how to apologize very early on my age and i'm I'm really great with apologizing mm. but i think one of the things oh my god you are <laughs> fucking i'm really great but <laughs> i'm better than you uh you're better than me but i wouldn't say really great i'm awesome at apologizing but what i do what i do and i think this is also a comics thing is i always and based on my dad i always take the opinion of someone else so like uh so like, I I I I'm trying to think of a direct example, but like I don't talk a lot about politics because I don't want to offend anyone on either side. If you voted for Trump, I respect the fact that you're an adult and that's how you feel. And if you voted for Biden, I respect that you're an adult and that's how you feel. And if you're an African American and you feel like the police need to be defunded, I respect that and I want to hear that. And I think that is something that's missing a little bit. But it's not. I didn't come by that naturally. My dad made me think that way. My dad. When the Iraq war broke out, I went home and I was like, this is fucking stupid. Peace. Uh, peace rules all. We need to just pro protest this war. And my dad goes, you're a fucking idiot. Go to your room until you figure out why you're a fucking idiot. And I went to my room. I was 17. I came down and I was like, I don't know why I'm a fucking idiot. And he goes, you don't know anything about Saddam Hussein. He's killing his own people. And we're in there trying to stop that. Do you understand that? And I was like, I, I didn't. Who Saddam Hussein? And he goes, you don't even know who Saddam Hussein is? And I was like, okay, okay, okay. But but I think as an attorney, he was teaching you how to think and argue, right? Because there's always think another side in your own, yeah. own, in your own opinion. Yeah. And so I always, I always, I. Well, it seems like it's almost like I take the opposite side of whoever I'm listening to, and I I start arguing it from both sides. Yeah. And I think that it teaches you to respect other people. Yeah. I've been around the country a lot. I've seen a lot of Trump supporters, and a lot. All my friends are Biden supporters. I've seen a lot of Biden supporters. They're all really good people. Right. And at the end of the day, they just want their families to be healthy and happy and be able to have a regular life, have some cold beer, cornhole on the weekend, and have sex with their wife. That's it. That's and by the way, I just realized I'm only talking about men. But, <laughs> but <that's fine. laughs> rules to live by for men. I, I fair enough. Men men do rules to live yeah, by. Yeah. Uh let me see if I can get David in here. Having a little technical stuff going on. David, go ahead. Hello, Drew. Hello, Bert. Uh, I want to start by giving a quick shout out to Chase Lepard, uh, because uh, I'm a part of the Comedy Content Collective, which is his brain baby. 
And I'm also uh, the host of Dave and Jay versus the world, but enough about my accolades. Uh, I just got back from the hospital and I had them doing an ultrasound on my testicles to see if I got ball cancer. Why? Now, uh, Why? as you can imagine, well, I found a, a, a lump while I was washing, uh, like three, four months back. And, uh, why and didn't just, you, you know, you know, your balls. Why and, didn't you make an appointment with a doctor and pay $60 as opposed to $1,200 okay. going to the emergency room? Well, because, uh, prior to this, I hadn't been the, to the doctor in probably like a decade or something. I'm not really, a uh, you know, some people aren't into, Certain foods, I'm just not into doctors, but I think but, it's going to be but part you, of my David, future, David, David, you're uh, speaking to the choir right now, buddy. I definitely have found a lump, spun out of control, and done the exact same bullshit. I know what you're going through. You went to the uh, hospital for an ultrasound? I went, my, my ruptured well, no, testicle. You, you ruptured oh, your I'm testicle. Sorry, you ruptured your testicle. Oh, no, 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 I'm sorry, David. I ruptured my testicle at, at Action Park and called you and went to the hospital for an ultrasound on my testicle. Yes, That's, I found a lump in my testicle before we went to Hawaii. I went. I found a lump in my no. testicle before we went to Hawaii. No, but the, the, that was from an accident. When you have an accident, you go to the ER. David, keep going. I understand you. I understand you, David. He keep just going. wants support from you, Burden. But here's the deal. This is what drives me insane. People go to urgent care and emergency rooms for things they could pay $60 for or $85 for at the highest end. And if you walk into an ER, it's it's twelve hundred bucks. It's five hundred dollars if you go to an urgent care center. Completely unnecessary. Any physician could have handled that with him, just with examination. That's it. You don't have to get the ultrasound. Anyway, I, I'm going to get preachy. Leave me out of this. Um, I love you, David. Thanks, David. Take the call from Mike. Uh, call from Mike. Hold on, I got to find it. There's Mike. Okay. Uh, Mike, go ahead. Hey, Dr. Drew, uh, Bird, just wanted to know, big fan. And um, this actually, uh, my question for Dr. Drew actually has a little bit of a, uh, a compliment for you, sir. Okay. Uh, back, I don't know if you remember back in March when uh, Hey Big Boy came out on Two Bears, One Cave, you guys were talking about doing shape roll, getting shape for April. Well, I did. I lost 40 pounds, so thank you very much. Um, oh, the only thing is, I think I could, prob I, I, I could probably lose another... 12 to 20 in the stomach. I don't know if just toning will help with that. Uh, I'm not doing any drug, any uh, like weight loss drugs or anything, just purely uh, biking to and from work, uh, which is about seven miles each way. Um, oh. I also make sure that uh, I'm, I'm trying to eat better. However, I think that my metabolism kind of plateaued. So I've been trying to very moderately like pizza once a week, just so that way, doesn't get used to being on such a low level. So that way I could try to get that last 12 to 20 pounds. Cause even though I'm five, seven and uh, about two twelve right now, uh, it's still the BMI index, which doesn't really make a lot of sense to me because I'm pretty muscular, uh, has me, it still is uh, pre obese or obese one. So I love the way you said that, but I'm pretty muscular. That's why I, I feel the same way about the BMI scale. It's bullshit. We keep going, Drew. Bird especially, especially dismisses anything that uh, has his body habitus uh, under under any kind of scrutiny. You're pretty muscular too, right, Bert? So here, here's a really strong really easy thing. Really easy thing to do is cut out carbohydrates. Cut out carbohydrates. That will help. Just, just trust me on that. If you can, if you can get carbohydrates down below 35 milligrams a day, 35 grams a day rather, 
you're in pretty good shape. Uh, it, it makes a huge difference, particularly with that, that last bit of uh, weight. Uh, let's see, guys. I'm going to let you guys go in a few minutes. I'm going to do a couple more calls. I want. I got to do a whole bunch of COVID update stuff. You know that vaccine's coming. You want me to do it with you guys here? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that, are you kidding me? I wrote that vaccine thing down. All right. What do you want to hear? What do you want to know? Let's do it. So 90% effective. That means yes. that 10% of the people that take it will end up getting COVID. Correct. But 90% efficacy, most vaccines aren't over 70%. <clears throat> so 90% is oh, really? extraordinary. Yeah, that's extraordinary. Okay. So, very so what good are we sign. getting this? Give me, give me a timeline. Uh, I believe that physicians will start getting it in December and high-risk people. Oh, like shut the fuck up! I think there will be widespread distribution in the spring. I think that I think because wow. because the RNA vaccine, which is what the Pfizer is and the Moderna is, I I believe you're going to hear about Moderna within the week. That's that'd be my prediction. I think you're going to hear about Moderna next. Then they're very similar vaccines and they're easy to scale up and they could their aim is like 1.5 billion vaccinations. Uh, they could certainly be at 50 million easily by the spring, so they're going to wow. be they're going to be ready to distribute, and I'm going to be right at the front of the line. <laughs> please, please give me that vaccine if I don't get it in Mexico first, which uh, Susan seems to be trying to. And and so and and by the way, I'm bringing every treatment under the sun down to Mexico. I, I could treat the whole household now, and it's you know it's it's Heather McDonald, Chris Frangiola, Sarah Colmer. Is that her last name? Sarah's last name. Uh, do you know those guys? Yeah, so they're all going with us. So if they get COVID, I'm prepared. Oh, wow. to, I'm prepared to treat everybody. So uh, that, that's awesome. So so we're doctors. When when can you know? And I think this is what everyone wants to know. When can the one percenters get it, Drew? Like when <laughs> can the Hollywood elite? Well, you it? have an inside uh, track with me. So if you're nice to me, maybe there's something like it. I don't know. I'm hey, not sure. Say this: If you get your CPAP machine, ah. what are you doing? You yeah, can have a yeah, vaccine. yeah, yeah. If we motivate yeah. him, I like that, and what I can if, make the case if, that he, he's high risk. How would he's you feel traveling? Let's, let's, play a, let's play. Let's play hypothetical. Yeah. What would you say if Biden came out today and he was like, "Guys, based off of reparations, people of color are getting the vaccine before white people." How do you think? Would you go be up for that? Yeah. Yeah. Me cool. too. I'd be cool with that. Me too. <laughs> That's, I'm. I'm. I'm 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 cool with all sorts of uh, creative solutions. I, I, I'm good with that. I think they should start. I think it should go based on income, and the rich people get it last. So what do you think about that? So it would make everybody happy. So there are 47 vaccines in production right now. Uh, this the Pfizer is the first to the finish line, essentially. Moderna probably next. AstraZeneca after that. Uh, Forty-three thousand five hundred people were tested in this particular. Uh, pool of just the Pfizer pool, no adverse effects of any significance wow. whatsoever. Yeah, really good. That's my question. Am I going to get an ALS because of this? Well, that's always the concern, right? Because it's immune modulating and stuff. And, you know, three years from now, is something going to happen? And we really won't know until three years from now. The probability of that is really, really, really low. So I think you're So what would you say to someone like me who goes, what if this? I go, fuck the vaccine. I'll roll the dice on getting the disease. Let everyone else get vaccinated and let's kill this, this virus. I, I understand that. I'm sympathetic to people, particularly in their thirties who say, Hey, if I get this thing, I probably won't even know I have it. So why should I you know, risk getting a vaccine that, that might have some adverse effect? I would say two things. A, I'm sympathetic to that. And I understand. And I hope you will get to the vaccine soon enough because B, you could be an asymptomatic shedder, though we don't know if this prevents asymptomatic shedding yet, but we just think it does, and we don't want you to be spreading it around. So it kind of becomes much like mask wearing, and there's a certain amount of social responsibility in getting this thing done. The hard part on this vaccine is that it has to be stored at minus 18 degrees centigrade, 
and it can never wow. be warmed up. So it has to be refrigerated at all times at, at a freezing level. So, excuse me. So we really don't know, you know, that's going to be one of the sort of technical challenges with this. But there was two other really interesting, the, the Pfizer story just just ruled the day. There were two other interesting stories came out. A South Korean comp company now has a product much, much like the Regeneron product, showed a 44% reduction in recovery time from COVID and zero hospitalizations. And a wow. study came out today that showed that ultrasounds of the chest and lung are probably superior to chest x-ray to detecting the more serious changes of COVID-19. So it's really wow. interesting. Wow. Really interesting. They say we're talking about these journeyman people that get the virus and the virus sticks around and they're having problems forever. That's what scares me. Yeah. So the long haulers, we, I have a guy that comes on this show regularly named Dr. Yogendra, who is doing a lot of research with that with a guy named Dr. P Patterson. And they think it's a, it's a low grade activation of the cytokine system. You've heard of the cytokine storm, the cytokine activation, and they think that they may be able to block that with some of the things we're using to block the cytokine system. So they're, they're kind of working on that very diligently right now. It's not that the virus is still in their system. It's that it's activated this inflammatory thing that goes on. Um, steroids might have a role to play uh, as well. I'm going to go back to Ooh, the phone. Peptides, maybe? Huh? Peptides? 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 Yeah, I don't know about peptides. Because <laughs> I was talking to my cardiologist, Dr. Pepper, and he said... <laughs> <laughs> Keep going. A little, little comedy for you guys. Michael, go ahead, Michael. Hi. Uh, I just wanted to say thank you to Bert for, you know, just like making me laugh and um, oh, a, a late happy birthday, actually, as well. Um, every Monday when Two Bears, One Cave comes out, it's just uh, an amazing experience. And I just wanted to say thank you. Hey, thank you very much. I I, I giggled today myself because I was watching. I watch our podcast too because it makes me laugh. And uh, today I realized I had a realization on the podcast where I realized I'm the Alex Jones of fitness. So, <laughs> oh my god! And I couldn't stop giggling about that. Oh my! So gosh. thank you, Michael, very much. Uh, there was a question here that I. There, uh, I'm sorry, people. I'm not getting to. I have a lot. I have a lot of things I'm trying to get to here. That yeah, 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 yeah. I have a, I have an issue. I, I, I can, I love the show. My feet are killing me, and I love anything with feet. For whatever reason, I love toenail removals. Oh. I love, oh. I love just ingrown toenail removal, oh, like no, anything no. like that. It just, I have no idea. It gets it. It's like I have the same thing with pimple poppers. Dilated pores turn me on. Yeah. Like I want a dilated pore so bad. I would if you told me I could create my own dilated pore on my leg where I could watch it grow and then remove it at my, at my fancy. Oh, hello. <laughs> <That's so This, laughs> well, I don't let him come at you with his you know, fingers. Uh, John, John, what's up? Hey, John. Well, too bad. They want to know if Leanne, you were actually surprised when Bert went on tour at the end of the, uh, the cabin. If I was actually surprised. Yes. Yeah, I was totally surprised. No. <laughs> no I knew I just no, think of course I knew Look, Leanne's acting skills were good enough that and I know Leanne, I had to ask Bert, was that was that did she did she know or was that just reality? <laughs> I I can't tell. Uh, there was there was parts of it there was parts of it we we needed connective tissue and that and that was one of them. So yeah. sorry to take the veil away. It's been it's been very, very difficult 
to, to to talk about, but whatever. No, I think I think it ought to be. Uh, you think about it more positively. Look at what a great acting job your wife did. That it, we all fell <laughs> for. It. I'm not kidding. It's like it doesn't matter. We had the experience when we were watching it. You know what I mean? Jack, we didn't like ahead. the ending. The ending didn't. The ending didn't play well, and so we I, needed another ending. And and we the tour bus was pulling up, and I I literally uh, reached out to the production company and said, "Let us just shoot something, and see if you like it." And so we just shot it, and they liked it. Hysterical, Jack. What's up? Hey, what's up, Bert? Hey, Jack. Hey, uh, you know, uh, as a guy who shares uh, a lot of a lot of qualities with you, you know, I, I I drink too much. I tend to exaggerate stories. I talk too much, and I don't brush my teeth till noon. Uh, that's not a joke. I'm I'm really just saying, like we we share a lot of qualities, but uh. I deal I deal with anxiety really bad, and I really didn't have it have it like you did. I didn't I didn't get to go to college and like find myself, but I find myself being being called like the funniest person in the room. Everyone I ever know tells me I need to do stand up. You know, I I'm consistently the funniest guy everywhere, and I really want to do it, but I I I don't know how. I'm really I'm kind of a I, I'm terrified of the idea. I know I think I'd be good at it, but. I'm just wondering what, how you think the best way, especially in this time, uh, to go about maybe starting to do stand up would be. It's really rough right now because uh, not a lot of comedy clubs are open. Uh, but there are they like if you live in Oklahoma City, there's one that's open and they have open mics. Um, you know, here's the thing you have to realize is that you may think that like. I, I do big tours and I have so, so a couple podcasts and a TV show. And that for some reason it was different for me when I started, like, like everyone, like my dad's like, son, this is what you need to do. No, I was just like you. I was just some guy that everyone said, you're the funniest guy I know. Um, you should do stand up. Not everyone in the world, but like enough where I was like, maybe I should listen to them. And, and then I, maybe I, sh- I mean, I should have, I think I'm, I'm speaking wrong. And then Rolling Stone magazine wrote an article about me and it gave me the confidence to try it. But, but, but stand-up is a, is a skill and a discipline that must be practiced. It's like anything else, yeah, like playing the piano or something. you got to do it every day, every day, every day, right? And you may not like, you may not like uh, writing material. That may, it may not be, like my buddy Eddie Fernandez is the funniest human being I know. But he did not like the idea that you would go on stage and say the same joke two nights in a row. Right. It just it seemed disingenuous to him. Yeah. And so he just didn't do it. And he still remains one of the funniest people I know. It be, not Leanne doesn't think so, but I think so. <laughs> Corolla had a Corolla had a bias against that for a long time. Hey, thanks to Nathan H and DJ Medusa for their YouTube uh, super chats. Uh, this is Russell. Russell, go ahead. They want to know if there's going to be another season. Oh, is there another season on the cabin coming? I don't know. I don't know. Hopefully, I, I, I really hope season. so, and I hope I get to go beyond it. I mean, not to oh, arm, but I think it would <laughs> be pretty would be funny. Great. You would be great. I think it would be pretty funny. Who would you want to? Who would you want to be with? Uh, a, a, any of the hey, well, um, Joey, <laughs> if, he, if he comes back. But uh, hold on a second, there. That is uh, talking to us. Is uh, Russell? Hey, Russell. Hello. Hey, man. What's up? Oh, um, what's going on? First, I wanted to say um, to to everyone really um, to you know help. Thank you for the laughs and everything through COVID and helping me get through everything. Um, but I just wanted to ask everyone, what do you, what do you guys have to say to um, COVID deniers? 
Are there really true COVID deniers at this point? I, I don't yeah. know what that yeah, there means. Are. Yeah, there are. What there does are. that mean? There, that, there that, are. that like there's a conspiracy and the whole thing doesn't exist? It's one thing to say it's being over, there's an overreaction to it or to have a conflict around masks or vaccines. But what do you say? What are they saying? It doesn't, there's no such thing as this virus? Bert? I can answer that if you don't want to. Yeah, I can. Yeah. yeah. So I, I've, I've traveled obviously a ton and I've seen people. I remember being in Joplin, Missouri, and we, our bus was there, and this guy came out from this restaurant, came running up to the bus, and I was like, what's up, man? And he was like, hey, I need to get a picture. And I was like, I was like, oh, we got to stay socially distant. And he goes, oh, you're not one of those people that believes in COVID, are you? And I was like, no, I definitely believe in it. And he was like, oh, come on, man. And then I was like, if I don't, if we don't get a socially distanced picture, I'm just going to get lit up. I mean, I just, I just perused, I just perused uh, Instagram and saw people I grew up with at bars this weekend. And and so there are people that I think maybe, the, maybe they think the virus is real, but they figure that it's not as bad as what everyone's saying. That's and what, I they, don't that's what they think. That, it, when it I, makes, when you really, suspect. what's that? It's what? It makes me suspect. What bothers me is when you see the release of these vaccines the week after the elections, you wonder what, like what, how much are people pulling the strings when they pump the virus up or, or then deflate it that, is it politicized? Because that would really break my heart because I'm a rule follower. I'm a rule follower. Yeah, me too. I, well, I think the lockdowns were and grossly excessive, but you didn't know it at the time, right? We didn't know because we didn't know what this thing was going to do. Now it's kind of clear we can live with it. We can distance. We can wear masks. We can get a vaccine going. We, can, we have great treatments now. So it's not what we thought it was. So the reactions were excessive in the beginning. And so some people are looking back, are oh, you see, I said we shouldn't have done that. Well, we didn't really know what was going to happen back then. I, I understand that. Um, I was thinking about it today going, we used to wipe down pizza boxes. Oh, yeah. Think about that. Or groceries. You know, when you brought in your groceries, you'd have to wear gloves and stuff. I mean, I it, was, it was ridiculous. Yeah, it was ridiculous. And, yeah. and oh, by the way, it was outside for three weeks. At the same time, we were being told not to wear masks. Remember that? There was a, I mean, they, everyone got everything wrong. It, it was a mess for a long period of time. But now uh, it's pretty clear we're, we're going to wind this thing down soon. And in the meantime, we've got to keep as many people as well as possible. But we never intended to eliminate the virus or stop death. That was The idea was to prevent the hospital system from being overwhelmed. And that got left in the dust months ago. I, I don't know why that priority didn't prevail. And all of a sudden it became nobody can get COVID. And it's like, well, one thing that's happening right now, by the way, as far as the data goes, it's really very clear when you look at the 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 case rate is way up, and I think it may be getting uh, turning the corner a little bit. I hope so, but the death rate is just not budging. Uh, even though the hospitalization is heading back towards the sixty thousand, which seems to be the threshold we get to every time we have a a surge, which means we're just doing better with the treatments, and maybe younger people are getting it and they aren't getting as sick. So, hopefully, the data will bear that out uh, in the meantime. You guys, I thank you so much for being here. It was a blast. It's always fun spending time with you guys. I I um. Uh, I could just go on, but I've got to go do a Fox 11 show right now about the vaccine. We're going to talk about the vaccine oh, no. nonstop, I think. Well, we'll watch. Dr. Oz is going to be hey, there with me. Dr. Yeah. Oz and I. Get me the, uh, get me the, hey, hey, ask Oz what he thinks about peptides on the DL. You know that dude's <laughs> on the, hey, hey, um, 
Hey, Drew, get me the other half of this thing. I'm ready well, no, to use it. Don't make that Drew's problem. We'll get uh, Leanne, the get me the other half of this. Well, Leanne, Drew. if you have any trouble, let me know. I'll help you, or my office will help you get it. And, uh, and then my, me. my real job is I, I see I have a vaccine enthusiast there with Burton. I got to make sure he gets the vaccine. So I'm going to be, I'm going to be working on that. So he, yeah, he yeah, may yeah, be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me and Segura. Yeah. The Illuminati of podcasting. Let's get vaccinated. You, you, you think Segura will do it? Are you fucking kidding me? Hey, let's bend them over on the fuck. You know he'll pay top dollar. Me and you get the vaccine and be like, they're five grand a pop. He'll be like, I don't care. I'll get the whole, I'll get the whole YMH studios while I'm getting vaccinated. So your mom's house, uh, two bears, one cave. Uh, my pod there is Dr. Uh, after Dark. Wife of the Party, where you can see Leanne's podcast. Uh, where else, where do they go? Is there a website that you want them to go to? Wifeotp.com. Wifeotp.com and uh, BertKreischer.com or something? BertBertBertBertBertBertBertBertBertBertBertBertBertBertBertBertBertBertBertBertBertBertBertBertBertBertBertBertBertBertBertBertBertBertBertBertBertBertBertBertBertBertBertBertBertBertBertBertBertBert
but they will be with us. So it should be fun. We'll have them. I'll, I'll uh, bring the camera and the computer and you guys can ask questions on restream and, and then we'll, we'll get to see your beautiful faces when we come back. Cause I really liked having the opportunity to do a zoom meeting with our audience. Yep. All right, you guys, uh, we will see you on Thursday, hopefully in one piece without COVID. I'm trusting my wife to keep me safe. We'll be fine. So, all right, see you then. Ask Dr. Drew is produced by Caleb Nation and Susan Pinsky. This is just a reminder that the discussions here are not a substitute for medical care or medical evaluation. This is purely for educational and entertainment purposes. I'm a licensed physician with over 35 years of experience, but this is not a replacement for your personal physician, nor is it medical care. If you or someone you know is in immediate danger, don't call me, call 911. If you're feeling hopeless or suicidal, call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255, anytime, 24-7, for free support and guidance. You can find more of my recommended organizations and helpful resources at drdrew.com help.